Hey everybody, welcome to Slugcast. I'm your host for the episode, my name is Sav, and I'm a junior at UCSC. In an earlier episode, I talked about the heritage of the UCSC campus land, and I had a really great conversation with the American Indian Resource Center. I also talked about the Amamutsun Tribal Band, who, for those of you who don't know, the Amamutsun are the descendants of the tribal groups who were taken to Mission Santa Cruz and Mission San Juan Batista during Spanish colonization of the coast. Following up from my last episode, I'm diving a lot deeper into an awesome resource provided by the Amamutsun Tribal Band. This episode is all about the Amamutsun Relearning Program, hosted at the UCSC Campus Arboretum. There's a lot of traditional botanical knowledge surrounding California tribal members, and this program is dedicated to relearning that indigenous knowledge. The program is a collaborative effort between the Amamutsun and the Arboretum to assist the tribe in their efforts of cultural revitalization, relearning of dormant knowledge, and environmental justice. California indigenous peoples depended directly on the land for survival, so they used resources respectfully and practiced sustainable land management. Plants that are native to California have served as medicines, tools, clothes, dyes, religious instruments, and many, many various kinds of foods. Many of these plants haven't gone anywhere, but a lot of the knowledge on the ways to utilize them has been lost. However, through looking at the way that past cultures interacted with plants, we can learn a lot about how to improve our own interactions with nature and the local ecosystems. Through the Ama Mutsun Relearning Program hosted at the Arboretum, students have the opportunity to engage and interact with plants in an educational environment. Take a second to consider your relationship with plants in your local environment. Would you be able to know what to eat and what to avoid, or how to handle or cook a certain plant? Having a little bit of knowledge about California vegetation can help us value and appreciate, and therefore preserve our ecosystem. So this week I wanted to learn more about the Amamutsun Relearning Program, including the events it puts on and how to get involved. I figured the best person to ask all my questions would be someone who is very knowledgeable and present within the program. So this week, I'm excited to announce my guest is Rick Flores, the leader of the Relearning Program, associate of the Amamutsun Land Trust, and curator of the California Native Plant Collection. I'm here with Rick Flores, the leader of the Relearning Program at the Arboretum. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me this morning. Um, I know that there's a decent amount of students who don't know a lot about the Arboretum on campus, and I was actually recently talking to one of my friends, and they had no idea that the Arboretum even existed. Um, and I've been to the Arboretum a lot, because I like to go and study there, because I'm living in Santa Cruz at the moment, and I'm always amazed by the size of it and the amount of diversity in plants. I think it's incredible, so I was just wondering how you first got connected to the Arboretum and like how you first started working there. Well, thank you for having me on today. Um, so I was actually an undergraduate here at UCSC back in the mid-90s, and uh, I was looking for a student job to help make ends meet and stuff, and I went to the Career Center and saw a posting for a job at the Arboretum, and I came down and interviewed for the position, and so I, you know, I started here as a student, um, uh, just doing what we ask all the students to do in terms of helping out with our garden maintenance and planting and stuff like that. And then uh, when I graduated, I was still working on some projects here, and uh, they asked me if I could stay on. And <laughs> I was more than happy to. I, I really enjoyed working here and still do. And, and so, um, you know, one thing led to another, and 
I started out as, you know, kind of a landscape facilities handyman around here. And then I, I spent a lot of time working um, with Brett Hall, who was my supervisor then. And he started um, kind of teaching me about native plants and horticulture. And we started going out, you know, into the you know, natural areas of California and hiking around so I could see where the plants, um, you know, come from in the wild. And then after training under Brett for a, a period of time, I was named curator of the uh, California Native Plant Collection. Hmm. Um, and then from there, uh, a couple of years ago, I went uh, back to grad school, but again to here at UCSC in the environmental, uh, environmental Studies Department. And then when I came out of grad school, we had a new executive director here um, who was kind of rearranging um, the organization of the staff. And then I was, uh, at that time, I was named to my current title, which is uh, Director of Horticulture and Steward of the Amelots and Learning Program. And so I've been here at the Arboretum for a little over uh, 20 years now. Wow. How did the relearning program start? How, how old is it? Uh, so the relearning program started in 2009, um, and it started uh, through a connection that um, a man at the American Indian Resource had with the Amamutsan Tribal Band. His name was Lucio Ramirez, and he was the program director or coordinator of the American Indian Resource Center. And, uh, you know, he had a relationship already with the Amamutsan Tribal Band, um, and at the time he had a sweat lodge here on campus that he ran that was his own um that was sited up near uh, the chancellor's house and there was an incoming chancellor who um, for whatever reason you know asked lucio to move the sweat lodge and so we had a loose relationship with the american indian resource center at that time and Lucio came down and asked us if he could site a sweat lodge here uh, at the Arboretum. Oh. And we thought that was a, you know, a really great idea, a way for us to, you know, collaborate with the Native American community and create a space here for them to gather and hold ceremony. Uh, but at the same time, you know, back then we didn't know who the Amamunsen were. Mm -hmm. And we also didn't know a whole lot about, um, you know, tribal boundaries and relationships between all the different tribes uh, here on the Central Coast and stuff. And so we reached out to a few of our friends to see what they thought about the idea. And one of our friends is a woman named Kat Anderson, who wrote a really uh, wonderful book called Tending the Wild, which is all about how Native Californians were uh, stewarding the land and managing resources um, prior to contact. And, you know, that, that stewardship continues into today as well. Right. But when we contacted her, she said, you know, well, that sounds like a great idea, but you should let the Amamunsa know that there's, uh, you know, a sweat lodge on campus, which is, in you know, in their territory. Mm -hmm. And so uh, fortunately for us, that was a non-issue because, as I mentioned, Lucio already had a relationship with the Amamunsen, and the Amamunsen were, you know, there at the first sweat of the sweat lodge to kind of give it their blessings and stuff like that. But that's what got us talking with the Amamunsen. And so we held um, 
several initial meetings uh, between Arboretum staff and the Tribal Council at that time uh, to discuss ways in which we might, ways in which we, you know, might be able to collaborate with them. And during our meeting, uh, Chairman Lopez and other tribal members were talking about this pretty terrible, violent uh, colonial history that happened here in California and, you know, uh, here along the coast. Um, And that because of that history, the tribal members had lost knowledge pertaining to, you know, native plants and ethnobotany and wanted to relearn. And so that's how the name Relearning Program uh, came about. And so what it actually is, is um, we have a 40-acre garden here that we call the California Conservation Gardens. And the tribe has given us a list of plants that are culturally important to them. Uh, It's not a complete list by any means. It's kind of more of a working list. But since that time, we've been doing our best to uh, collect those plants and put them out out in the garden uh, so that you know, tribal members uh, can have a place to come and, and you know, relearn native plant identification and, and mm-hmm. gather and harvest native plants as they see fit. Um, and then it's also turned into a really wonderful educational resource uh, for the campus. Um, prior to the relearning program, I don't know that there was a whole lot of education about you know, the Amamunsen and the colonial history and, you know, the, the stewardship or traditional ecological knowledge of, uh, you know, native Californians prior to contact. Right. So, and so it's, it's become a really good educational resource uh, for the campus. Um, but then also what a lot of people don't know is that, you know, the relearning program extends beyond, uh, the, the boundaries of the Arboretum, so to speak. You know, we assist um, the tribe uh, with various, you know, research projects and restoration projects that they're involved in. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, we assist them in those efforts that, you know, take us outside of, you know, the campus and the Arboretum boundaries. Right. So I was wondering, because the Arboretum's pretty big, um, so is there like a section of the garden that's dedicated to the relearning program or is it just like dispersed throughout the garden? Yeah. So, you know, for those that don't know the Arboretum, we have plant collections from around the world. Um, but we also have a very, you know, our plant collections come from New Zealand and mm-hmm. South Africa and Australia, but we also have a very robust native California native plant program. And so, um, as part of that program, there's a 40-acre garden uh, that's just dedicated to native plants, um, and we've been and the garden is set up ecologically, so it's set up in in um, you know habitat types. So, for instance, there's a place for valley oak woodlands. Uh, there's a maritime chaparral garden. Um, we're working to restore the grasslands that are part of this garden area. Um, there's a ponderosa pine habitat, you know, etc. Et and so what we're doing is, uh, from that list, the Amamunsen gave us, we're placing those plants in that garden um, in their appropriate habitat type. Oh. And so the, the plants are, you know, dispersed throughout, you know, the kind of 40-acre area. Right. 
Um, and is it is it focused mostly on edible plants native to California? Uh, we focus on uh, edible plants and plants used for you know textiles and fibers things of that nature. And then I, I wanted to ask you, I read an article about the relearning program and about how um, native traditional methods could potentially help contain or lessen the effect of wildfires. Do you think you could talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure. So, you know, what we know now, um, there's been a lot of research on this uh, fairly recently in terms of, you know, academia. Uh, but we know what we know now is that um, Native Californians were regularly uh, burning uh, the landscape. Um, they were burning coastal prairies and redwood forests and oak woodlands for, you know, thousands of years. <clears throat> and so their burning practices are, are, you know, much different than we think of fire today. You know, when we, when we think of fire today, uh, we think of these high intensity, you know, catastrophic wildfires that are in the tree canopies and, mm-hmm. you know, threatening, you know, communities and stuff like that. Indigenous burning was very different. Um, fires were intentionally set, uh, generally, uh, from fall through early spring. Uh, they would burn in ro- rotational fashion, so they would kind of divide up the landscape and burn this section you know, this year and then another section uh, uh, next year and so on. And because they were burning regularly, there wasn't a lot of fuel on the ground. Um, And because they were burning, you know, during the cool uh, times of the year, uh, indigenous burning created these low-intensity, slow-moving fires that kind of crept through the landscape. And so, um, you know, if we were to incorporate this this type of indigenous uh, burning practices, it would greatly reduce um, the amount of fuel that's on the landscape so that the catastrophic uh, wildfires that we saw recently um, here in Santa Cruz Mm -hmm. um, most likely wouldn't have happened. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Um, and And then despite the coronavirus putting everything on hold, what are some of the garden developments that are still happening? Uh, well, um, you know, we still have our students and staff here um, that are gardening and stuff. So, you know, we've been working hard to continue to plant out that 40-acre garden, the California Conservation Gardens, um, and, you know, also installing the infrastructure needed to, to kind of have a garden and stuff like that. So... In terms of garden development, um, you know, that has uh, always been ongoing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I know you mentioned in an email that you aren't sure when the program will be able to hold gatherings again, but I was wondering what kind of gatherings have happened in the past and will happen when restrictions lift? Uh, so in the past, uh, we've, we've held these uh, gatherings. We call them work and learn gatherings. And what they were is that, uh, you know, we, the tribal members and, you know, community members would gather and in the morning we would have, um, you know, we would all work and tend the garden areas and plant and stuff like that. And we, um, and then we'd all share a meal. And in the afternoon we would have a teacher come that would teach some aspect of, 
you know, uses of native plants. So, for instance, uh, you know, we had someone come to teach uh, traditional fire making, you know, with a hand drill. Mm. Uh, we've had a man come, Alex Taboni, who uh, gave demonstrations on uh, how to make acorn and how to cook grass seeds um, and stuff like that. So uh, we've had uh, gatherings like that, and um, hopefully when things open back up, we will be able to have um, those gatherings again in, in some form or fashion, maybe not totally what I just described, but, yeah. you know, uh, a kind of a learning session where tribal members can, um, you know, teach their knowledge uh, and share it with the, with the public. Yeah, that, that sounds really awesome. That sounds really fun. Um, and then, although those kinds of events aren't possible right now, do you have any suggestions for students who want to get involved or maybe just, like, learn more about the plants? Like, maybe a curious student can join a newsletter or go for a walk around the Arboretum and read the signs by the plants, because I do that a lot. So, um, you know, we still we have some volunteer programs here that the students are welcome to get involved with. Uh, there's one that happens on Thursday mornings. Um between nine and noon and that volunteer group specifically works out in the California conservation gardens. Um, and we, you know, we're all socially distancing right now and, you know, wearing masks and stuff while we work in the gardens. So we're, you know, keeping everybody safe. Um, so that's a possibility, you know, another possibility, uh, for, for anybody, including students to get involved is in 2013, the Amamunsen started the Amamunsen Land Trust. And, you know, the Arboretum and the Relearning Program is a partner uh, with the Land Trust. Um, but there's a website, amamunsenlandtrust.org, and you can navigate your way to, to sign up for the newsletter. Um, and the Land Trust sends out uh, newsletters, I think, quarterly or, you know, every so often. And they also send, will send out, you know, volunteer opportunities as well once, once things are, you know, able to be opened back up. Right. Well, thank you. Um, and I just have a final question, something that I was wondering as you were speaking. Um, do you think that it's possible to even have an inkling of an idea of how much has been lost when it comes to traditional food practices? Like, how does the Amamutsen even go about relearning so much knowledge? That's a really great question. So, um, you know, the Amamutsen are, are relearning in three different ways. So one way is through um, collaborations with Western academics and, inst and environmental institutions. So, uh, for instance, you know, the relearning program here at the Arboretum uh, they also have collaborated with uh, archaeologists uh, from UC Berkeley and UC Santa Cruz um, to help them, you know, learn past life ways and stuff like that. And then they partner with environmental organizations uh, that help them to gain access to, to their traditional territory because, you know, for Native Californians, um, you know, culture is tied to land mm -hmm. and, uh, and territories and, and stuff like that. So that's one way. Uh, another way is that the Amamunsen still have a very rich oral history um, that was recorded in great detail uh, by a man named John Harrington in the late 1920s. He interviewed uh, tribal matriarch Ascension Solarsano uh, during the 
later part of her life. And Ascension uh, Solarsano, uh, you know, was recognized from a very early age uh, to be a knowledge holder for the tribe. And so today there's, you know, roughly 80,000 pages of, you know, ethnographic notes between Ascension and Harrington and other Muslim tribal members during that time. Wow. And so the Amamutsun are using those ethnographies to also help in their relearning process. And then the third way that they're relearning is through uh, the assistance of surrounding Indian tribes that were able to hold on to their knowledges better. Um, you know, uh, if you look at the colonial history of California, um, it's really started with the Spanish mission system. And most, if not all, of the Spanish missions are generally near or close to the coast. Uh, so the coastal uh, Native Californians, you know, um, you know, during the Spanish mission period were taken off their lands and in large part not allowed to practice their cultures. But the tribes that did not come under the influence of the Spanish missions were able to hold on to their knowledges better. And so the Yamamunsen uh, work with surrounding tribes wow. um, to also help them regain their indigenous knowledge. It's pretty incredible how there can be just such a big collaboration. Thank you so much for your time. It was great to meet you today. I think that this is going to be really valuable for students to hear. And um, hopefully they'll head up to the Arboretum and learn some more about the um, relearning program. So thank you. Sounds great. Thank you for having me on. Indigenous history is our history. Every inch of California land and North American land is indigenous land. Evidence of human occupation in California dates from at least 19,000 years ago, but it's speculated that it goes back much, much longer. From 1846, when American settlers started making themselves at home in Mexican California for the gold rush, to 1873, when the last California Indian War ended, California's native population declined by at least 80%. But California indigenous history is still in progress. New plant foods and medicines are still being discovered and utilized today. Some 5,300 plant species are native to California, more than any other state. However, along the California coast, one-third of our native plant species are considered endangered, rare, or threatened. It is important to preserve California native plants for the good of our ecosystem. Today, we can continue the practice of indigenous peoples by learning to have a symbiotic and sustainable relationship with the land. By recognizing a native plant on a hike on campus or appreciating what's naturally available to us, there's a lot to look for and learn about. We all can achieve and benefit from a meaningful connection to our native landscape, and you can start by visiting the Arboretum. Thanks to everyone for listening to this episode on the Ama Mutsun Relearning Program. I appreciate every single one of you for tuning in. Also, a big thanks to Rick Flores for a fascinating interview. If you're in Santa Cruz, I seriously suggest you visit the Arboretum. It's really amazing. My personal favorite is the New Zealand Garden, but there's an Australian Garden, a South African Garden, and a California Native Garden as well. There's plants there that you really won't be able to see anywhere else, and it's just such a chill place to walk around at. Remember to follow us on Spotify and check out the Slugcast website. 
Hang in there through finals, and also happy International Women's Month. Good luck, slugs! <laughs>